0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited
2: by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweets.
1: I'm back and I'm better than ever. I've the for making things better. Here we go. I'm not Eric Bischoff. I'm David Campbell. <laughs> Welcome to Saturday Draft Live. It's a pleasure to be here. The launch of season nine, the last time I was here in this sort of capacity, not being a dick about everyone's teams, uh, was in season four. This is very, very interesting. Very happy to be back. Like I said, temporary basis while Scott goes on vacation eh, to Mexico or the Bahamas or wherever he's away to in the sun. He'll still be editing this show, but at least it will be by a pool. I'm joined by the regular team here at Saturday Draft Live. Jack Graham, how are you?
2: Yes, I, I'm, I'm. I'm very well. I'm looking forward to looking forward to season nine. As we look forward to every season, you know the, the live stream Thursday night, absolute resounding success with Scott Myers to get his his vacation. I said, I'm sure he's sipping pina coladas and getting caught in the rain somewhere. So it's ah. it's all going very well for us. I think
1: two song references so far. Okay, okay, we're up for our <laughs> game for season nine. Dave, how are you?
0: <laughs> I'm doing good, man, and it's uh, good to have you back in the in the SDL chair. And I'm just glad that you've clarified that you're not Eric Bischoff, and despite what you said right at the start, I know you're still
1: going to be a dick about people's teams. Listen, but there's a difference between doing it the way I did it and doing it the way that I'm... It's actually going to be worse because I'll be doing it by the numbers. (laughs) I'll be tearing (laughs) people's teams apart completely legitimately, and that is the difference here. Uh, Basically, boys, before we get into looking at everything that happened uh, at the draft of Season 9, we do need to reflect briefly on what happened at the end of season eight season eight ended at wrestlemania night two it was a very close intense race but jack in the end it was myself and ryan the goat tones who came out of that one seven and a half points ahead of a uh, men on a mission what were your thoughts on the end of the season and a rip roaring wrestlemania weekend in the draft
2: I, I said when you and when you and Ryan came on, when it was your, your show and we were talking about your team, I, I, I firmly placed my hat on you two winning the season. Did I think that Grant and Gary would have such a big points difference going into that final weekend? No, I didn't. I thought you were going to sail away with it. So they managed to bring the fight right up to the very end. And you had a very, very good night, I think, on WrestleMania night two and night one and managed to claw that. Call that all the way back. So it was, it was exciting nonetheless. Uh, I, I kind of end your efforts on it. And right as well. You know, It wasn't just a one-man team,
1: of course. Thank you very much. Despite what Gary said in the draft show, it definitely was not a one-man team. It was very much a case of teamwork. But Dave, it came down to it. Sometimes it can come down to the way a few matches go. If Drew had won the WWE title and Nia and had lost the women's tag titles, maybe mm-hmm. we're looking at something else this week. That's how close this season was.
0: See, this is what I really, really enjoy about the draft. It's like It can always come down to one perfectly timed captaincy change or a pay-per-view going in a person's direction. There was a point where men on a mission were ahead of the goat tones at one point, And it looked yeah. like they might have just scooped the victory away from you. But you know, WrestleMania paid off in the end and that all comes down to one of your picks making multiple, multiple appearances over
1: the weekend. And you, that's what secured you the win. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I have to, I do have to say, I think Gary and Grant are two of the best drafters we've ever had to have never won a season. Um, they have been here. Grant since season uh, five, I think it's been season four or five. Uh, and Gary has been here since day one. Both of them, I think, drafted expertly from round one. It just took some modest magic, you know, like me and Ryan pulled out some some risks uh, with our tag team. Um, so. You know, we did it in the end and it was a very interesting season but out with the old in with the new we had the draft for season 9 everyone's favourite time of the season, it's a it's a great night Jack Graham, excellent job trying to keep us all wrangled in especially with all the shenanigans going on uh, with everyone's least favourite drunk uncle, uh, Ross McLeod uh, showing up <laughs> trying to draft every backstage interview under the fucking sun um, at one point um, but we did have Stephen Wilson drawn first on the wheel, and David. I'm just going to ask you quickly: mm-hmm. when Stephen Wilson drafts first, two-time draft champion, I think the air comes out of the room a wee bit because you're just like, "Oh no!"
0: Yeah, it was the same reaction I had after the the fiend Randy Orton match at the on the second night of Mania. I was just like, "What <laughs> the heck?" <laughs> but yeah, the last pe- the last place a two-time draft winner needs to be is in the number one position. But that's not, that goes without saying that the number one uh, draft selector in a season has never won a season before. But, you know, with a, an experienced drafter like Stephen, he might break that curse.
1: Well, the question here for Jack is Stephen Wilson on paper. Very smart choices that he had complete control over. Obviously, draft number one, you have complete control over your first tag pick and your first singles pick. He picks Nia and Shayna, who were 127 points last season, were the highest grossing tag team of all time. Of all time. It was that good a performance from them last season. He drafts Bianca Belair, who is seventh overall last season with 55.5 points, winning the SmackDown Women's title at WrestleMania. On paper, Jack, it looks like really good choices. But my question to you is, is this Naya, Shayna and Bianca's season or was Steven banking on past success with those picks?
2: Uh, I think it's a mix of both I think I would I would go to say that um, I think Knight and Shayna will still be a good pick though. I think they'll lose women's tag titles within this season yes but as shown last night they seem to still be appearing on Raw and Smackdown so they'll be getting the appearance points which is all vital in such a long season like this but I think he was also hedging his bets a bit with previous past performance especially last season and how the two performed I think Bianca just winning the title Mm. Is she going to wrestle as much as what she did last season? I don't know. I feel that maybe it's should be a big kind of pay-per-view fighter, so you can get the points from that. But yeah. I think I think maybe a, a mix of thinking of both could maybe prove prove delight for him, but also may hinder him a bit here
1: it's different I think this time because Bianca is a babyface champion and we're seeing like the Rey Mysterio effect in 2006 you know sometimes that's not the best person to draft like dominant heels sometimes or maybe maybe a bit better but look at Roman's performance um, on paper what he could have done if he hasn't been drafted as a tag team in the last couple of seasons you know it is interesting to look at it and Steven's team name is the top 1% for a reason he believes he is the best but Dave I do have to point out another one of his picks that's very interesting someone I had their Wikipedia page open right <laughs> as he picked them, it's Ty Conte and we need to talk about the addition of Dark Elevation in that a lot of these maybe mid-card acts in AEW who could appear on Dynamite mm. also have a chance to appear on two shows in a single week. Do you think Ty Conte could be one of those picks?
0: Absolutely yeah, Like, and AEW's women's division just got a big kick up the arse thanks primarily to like Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa's Lights Out match and with the addition of Dark Elevation, we've seen in the past that these mid-card talents, you know, like members of the Dark Order, such as Alex Reynolds, John Silver, you know, they get their their weekly matches on Dark, for example, but then they will regularly make appearances on Dynamite at the same time. So getting that combination of appearances and matches on a regular basis, week by week, is definitely going to be, a would like to call it like a silent assassin when
1: it comes to picks and Tay Conte fits the bill perfectly for that. Totally, totally. And I like that Stephen brought back the top 1% name. I enjoy a bit of consistency in team names for me with the draft. It helps build that sort of legacy and dynamic and history. And someone who did the same, of course, it is the return of Team Visser with Gary kernan And he says he's dropped Grant McRobbie, who was weighing him down, I thought that was unfair, but Gary's coming out swinging this season, it seems, and Jack, we talk about creatures of a habit, Gary certainly likes to go back to things that have worked, and he did that with his tag pick, Lashley, an MVP back in season six, scored in 110 points for him in that season, which is the second highest for any tag team in a single season, it seems like this could be one that works because Lashley is in a very strong position on Raw and Gary won't be affected by losses. Do you think this is a good call? Uh,
2: I would say yes and no. Oh, I guess much as you saw the success that happened with it last season. I feel that maybe Lashley and MVP were in a different situation last se- last time round. because I think it was season six was Mania to SummerSlam again, yeah. which is season nine. Obviously, during that time, Lashley was your United going to be United States champion. Obviously, he was in that program with Drew, kind of a bit backlash time as well. But more importantly, MVP was fighting, and yeah. that was getting him a lot of points there. And I think something that we see, there's quite a few people in this draft this season has taken a world champion and a manager. I think this will be very interesting come the transfer window. Because mm. they might not be happy with how their teams are forming, they may look to see their tag teams are picking up enough points for them to, look to draft out for an established tag team, which we might talk about later on. We're going to certain folk, and that will weave like your likes. All Lashley range potentially up for grabs. So it's it's, it's, it's an interesting strategy. I don't know if yeah. it's one that maybe plays out in a season like this, especially when
1: your manager slash talent isn't going to be fighting alongside them in such a long haul season. It's really interesting you bring up that and I would question that strategy, like not that I wouldn't do it, but I'd certainly be thinking twice about it, because imagine, like say Street Profits haven't been picked, right? So say Transfer Wendell Lashley A, and MVP are dropped by Gary for the Street Profits whoever's last place on the table at that point, you've got to think is going to be picking up Bobby Lashley 100%. For, say, imagine mm-hmm. it's like just out of the top lane so I'm looking at Scott's team, imagine Scott's in last place Scott could drop LA Knight and get Bobby Lashley, you know yeah. what I mean? That would be like a fourth round for a first round pick. That would be utterly insane. You know, so it's you've got to question whether they'd want to do that. But shift focus a bit, Davey has a strong team, I think, all round. Ripley, Rollins, Banks, Bryan, again, Uh questioning whether those are picks that would have done stronger in a previous season as to this one we obviously don't know post-mania plans but the Sarah Greve effect is hitting this season big things were discussed about commentators getting added to the draft and as it stands commentators can get one point for a show they feature on unless they feature in another non-commentary segment in which case they will get an additional appearance point according to Stephen Wilson Someone that could apply to is Tony Schiavone, a man Mm -hmm. whose name I didn't attempt to spell on draft (laughs) night, but he's been picked up by Gary. What do you think about this latest trend of drafting commentators in the uh, the draft of ESSR? Mm, To be
0: honest, I'm kind of frowning upon it a bit because it feels like a bit of a cop-out, you know, just to get easy appearance points here and there. We did see it before. I think somebody picked Samoa Joe in a previous season, but it was clarified that because he was on commentary all the time, he only gets one point for appearing on the show. But we know Tony Schiavone not only does commentary, but he also does backstage interviews, and I think that's the that's the loophole that Gary's trying to pick up here. I mean, personally, yeah. I'm not a fan of that tactic, but you know, there's there's nothing in the rules that says you can't pick a commentator that also you know will do in ring interviews or whatnot. So it might be a maybe a bit of a, a clever play on his part, you know,
1: like with the Lashley MVP tag team that he's uh, he's just, he become very fond of. Totally, and Gary, I think, tries to innovate in terms of draft strategy. Like you've talked about the tag team thing, it, it was him who started that, and now we're seeing that uh, permeate into the draft. Jack, Dave's running upon it. Is this something that you hope doesn't stay long term in the draft in terms of strategy? Are you kind of hoping for the commentators to fail, so to speak, this season?
2: Um, yeah, I don't, I don't like it. I, 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 I think uh, our selection should purely just be towards wrestlers and I'd allow managers because they are technically on tree talent I think being able to take commentators is a bit a bit bullshit in a way I don't know I'm not, I'm not that much <laughs> a, a fan of it but uh, obviously you know we've we've campaigned a lot for that internet show Dark not to be involved and that's not involved anymore but when it was there would I use it most certainly like I, I, with, with that real, I'm not, not going to like this rule of commentators and not being involved but when it gets to that point of if it was my turn to draft and there was someone like Tony Shavoni who I completely forgot, like I, I would have taken that if I didn't forget him. I'd, yeah. I'd play the game, but I'm not happy at the game.
1: <laughs> for sure, for sure. And we going to stay with you, Jack? Actually, because we need to travel at the West End Country Club mm-hmm. uh, and before before we direct some questions towards Hockney. I need to I need to speak to you about something. We look at Nai and Shayna. Look at Lashley MVP first time being drafted as a team. AJ Styles and Omos coming off a WrestleMania victory. Do you think this could be a sleeper, great all-time great draft pick for David Hawkney in that tag team round? 100% I think
2: I think not taking him them two, first or second is a bit of a, a, a wrong move I'd go as far as say that. I think Dave getting them in, this, in the third pick is absolutely fantastic. That's the tag team I wanted to get alongside the tag team I actually got so there was two, if I didn't get one I was going to get the other and I was lucky to do so yeah. I feel that especially how Omos was presented at Wrestlemania it's dominance for the next week even that just lasts up to SummerSlam and they lose it's going to be dominance be it where they're going to do tag matches or they're going to be appearing just they are going to be together you're not going to get them apart so when that
1: happens will, it's, I think it's just a really good pick I think it's a good pick as well. I said that at the time. And then the third round of singles picks, Dave, you picked MGF. Now, mm-hmm. I think that's a very strong, consistent move because he's not topping any all-time leaderboards, but he is on them. Um, I think when Grant picked him in season seven, he scored 30 points, um, which puts him on the all-time round three greatest uh, picks of all time. Yep. And back in season six, Jack, you picked him 27 points. It gets him on that leaderboard of um, best top four uh, best round four picks of all time as well so Dave you're looking at MGF and you're thinking this is a guy who screams consistency did you want him as a backbone of the team so to speak
0: yeah I certainly did and obviously you know AEW is going with this uh, program of Pinnacle versus the inner circle and I imagine that Pinnacle is going to get the upper hand and a lot of exposure which may, which was at the forefront of me selecting MGF but one other stat I would like to show out about MGF is that he has been on a winning team three times so he's certainly, a, as you put it, a backbone of a, of a winning team. So I had to make sure I had to get in there and make sure that, you know, he was a part of the West End Country Club.
1: Now, I do have to call you out because I think you made the Honestly, I think you've made the first big mistake of the draft. Oh. Uh, and I understand it because I myself have been caught up in draft momentum, so to speak. And I talked about this briefly, but the strategy of me drafting women. Way, which I started way back in the early seasons isn't necessarily so I can get them, but also to try and shape how the draft flows as well. And I think Stephen and Gary have played you a blinder with picking Raquel Gonzalez. I don't think she's proven enough to be round one. Certainly not third 100%. in round one. What's your What's your defence for that, Dave? Where do you think we're wrong on that?
0: No, I think you're. I think you're being a bit harsh. Um, like taking that NXT promo right from the start, you know. WWE is clearly investing a lot in Raquel, Rhea, and Bianca. And, you know, it's not like Raquel's not going to be featured on NXT. She knows she's got a couple of challengers waiting in the wings. And I imagine she's going to be featured on a weekly basis to not only build momentum to future takeovers and stuff, but also be able to, you know, get that consistent regular appearances because. I mean, she wasn't. She didn't have the best start to the season, but you see where she was by the end of it. She scored. Uh, I think she was seventh overall out in the top ten, which is still a very, very strong performance. So, yeah. I mean, you could look at it as taking a bit of a gamble, but they've obviously given the ball to Raquel, and now they're saying, "Let's roll with it." So, I'm, I'm rolling with it. That was my, that was my argument. Can yeah, I counterpose a
2: counter here to that? Absolutely. If, if so be I think that the difference with that is, David, she was chasing a title and the captain, Say got switched and I think that's what did the point so well. This time round, she's got the championship. She is that heel and with takeovers, probably going to be so sparse in a season that's mainly WWE main roster pay-per-views, I think that um, I'm willing to say that Raquel was not on your mind as your very first round draft pick of who you wanted. Maybe it was Bianca and Rhea, but I do think that with the Raw and Smackdown Women's Champion gone, you're like, oh no, I need to take a champion here and you need to take Raquel because I think she was almost certainly going to go round two. I think that, I think it is just you were just, I potentially just caught up in it and you had to get her going, but I don't, I don't think she's going to wrestle. Will she appear? Yes. I don't think she's going to wrestle a lot and when she does, I think it's still going to be very sparse. I don't know. It's it's one I've got a question mark over, I think. Just well, to counter it. that,
0: I did pick oh. Io Shirai last season, who was a defending champion, and she was the best round four pick for the majority of the season. Yeah, but that's round four. That's round one. Boys,
1: boys, take the gloves off. All right. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. For now, because we're going to pick apart Jack's team now. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we moved from the West End Country Club to Jack say it for me again. Is it? it it's liquidated relegated still the same fantasy team. Is that correct? Have I got that in the right order? hundred yeah. percent. Now we do have, I thought was the biggest steal of the draft. And I just need to ask you purely about surprise. Drew McIntyre, you look at last season, the guy is a drafting beast, a drafting beast. He comes in overall 137 points last season. It's not the first time he's done this. Drew McIntyre has been a consistently great Round one pick. He appears on that list 187 points in season five for Grant. Were you shocked that he fell to you at number four?
2: Uh, See, to be honest, I would say yes, I would say no. I'm going to say number one and number two, I was almost 100% guaranteeing that it was going to be Ancan Real, was going to go purely because of what happened with the tag team strategy. That kind of threw me off a bit. Did I think David would take Drew? Yes. So I would say I was surprised Not that he wasn't gone by round three, and I think getting him round four is, as you said is the biggest steal I'm, I, he's someone that I was wanting to get I was hoping that I'd be high enough to get him because say he doesn't even win the title wrestling WrestleMania Backlash or whatever he's someone that will be wrestling every week and that's just a guarantee this happened all the way through this season apart from when he had COVID like during this COVID time of wrestling he's been on Raw every week and he's been wrestling he's been on pay-per-views every time he's been wrestling so I'm, I'm very
1: surprised I even to slip to four shocked yeah totally and I think a consistent team you talk about MGF winning um, um, I, myself personally Alexa Bliss the two times I've won has been on my team so you is a bit of a good luck charm Damien Priest you know all about him from last season Jack and I do want to talk briefly about Candice LeRae I feel an underrated draft pick. Season six with Grant appears on the uh, all-time uh, round three scorers with 30 points for that season. 29.5 in season five for Gary. She is again another consistent backbone of a team. But Dave, I need to come to you because you are very familiar with with one of Jack's picks, and the Young Bucks. Yes. You have a very, a very rich experience, it has to be said, with the Young Bucks in this draft. You always <laughs> say, they always seem to fall on to the West End Country Club. Yes, you they do. At, you need to look, though. You need to look at the Young Bucks last season, I think. It wasn't great. They were actually the lowest scorers on your team last season. Mm-hmm. Were you shocked that Jack picked them as a tag team so far up? considering their recent dip in form in the draft
0: honestly no because the young bucks uh, to use the word again are a consistently booked tag team and they're consistently scoring points when you put it in the context of my team last season yes they were the the lowest scorers on my team by the end of it but during the season for the majority of it they were actually around the middle of the the table. And that's kind of what a tag team's there to do. It's there to sort of just prop up the team, much like you know the third or fourth round picks. So, and it wasn't until Carrying Cross won the NXT title that's when he overtook the Young Bucks. So the lowest scoring team, but not by much. And in terms of past picks, you know they've been scoring at least like between thirty and forty points. So to be honest, I'm not
1: surprised Jack took the yeah. took the took the Young Bucks. My my problem with it is like. I think you'll keep pace, oh, Jack. I think you'll keep pace with like the rights, so, like so your Reigns and Heymans, you know, or your like we will get to Omegas and Calluses, right? But AW doesn't have many pay per views coming up, as Seda pointed out. MSK outscored them last season. I, I'm not sure where the young bucks stock currently sits, which is why I was surprised. And Dave, you talk about what a tag teams there to do. You could see a tag teams there just as an end team. But you look at Nye and Shayna. Nye and Shayna won us. You know, the season last year, and that was a bit of a risk, so sometimes you go out on a limb, you can get it. But, Jack, I do need to ask you, you got someone I had my eye on, you need to play to the season. Tell us again about what you think Hangman Adam Page has in store for him eh, in this season up until SummerSlam.
2: Oh, I I must say, see, maybe, oh, what what a third round pick if I do say so myself. (laughs) (laughs) With
1: all the modesty in the world.
2: Yeah. I think that it's... Someone that I think's been pretty quiet and maybe someone that's is not that wasn't considered enough. Maybe it was for like later rounds, but Adam Page has just been on I want a win streak of all twenty one. It will be I think he's appeared in Dark Elevation as well. He's involved in this Dark Order. So even when he's not wrestling, he is an AEW in some way with the Dark Order storyline. Well will he join him, will he not? He's well rumoured to be the one that topples Kenny Omega to become the world champion. Be that happens this season or at another point, but that win streak is going to keep on continuing. It's just going to keep on
1: coming for them. and I'm just so happy to have him on my team. I think it's wise and I think it could be I really think that pick could shape shape the season if it plays out, as I know you're hoping it will. Uh, So keep an eye on Adam Page. Um, Someone else we need to keep an eye on is a man with a faster heel turn since Big Show Man. He went from the people's (laughs) representative to the people's (laughs) opposition, all within the stage of five costume changes throughout a show. It is, of course, Ryan Douglas now. He picks Reigns and Heyman. We've talked about that. Consistent. It's going to get you those points. I, Jackie's your friend, I'm going to come to you first I raise questions about several of his picks on here, I raise questions about Asuka and where her stock is, I raise questions about Bray Wyatt and his traditional draft performance through not wrestling a lot, do you think it's safe to say that there are quite a few question marks on the team of Ryan Duglish? Uh
2: Yes, I would say, I'd say to say that there's quite a few question marks in the for the team of Ryan, which I will say that obviously Robert, Robert Shaw obviously part of your team last season, Dave, he had the the, the benefit of having an experienced drafter like yourself mm-hmm. doing that selection. This is something that's completely alien to the listeners League in its entirety. It's the first time they've had to draft singly by themselves and had to think about a strategy whereas you were able to help with that strategy, Robert Shaw. I must say that Ryan on the kind of on the stream himself conducted himself brilliantly. So I'll give him like a round of applause for that. But yeah, uh, some some of the picks there, as you said, there's question marks like carrying Cross. I understand you need to go, but is he first round? I don't know. Asuka, what's going to happen? Bray Wyatt, I'm not sure. I will say his last two round picks, I would say, are pretty good. Yeah. But for your first mm-hmm. three, I don't know. I don't know.
1: You look at the numbers surrounding Asuka 109 points for Alan. Um In season six, she was drafted in round one. I remember that because I wanted her. I'll draft her right behind him. Uh, You look at 85 points for Dave in season seven. Again, drafted in round one. Overall, Asuka sets very pretty on one of the all-time great draft scorers we have ever seen in this league. I'm not doubting that she is traditionally a good pick. I just doubt where Asuka goes from here you know. But Dave, we need to look also carrying cross big for you and Robert Shaw last season. Yep. Ryan Duglish has doubled down, carrying cross and Scarlett. Do you think that's maybe hedging his bets a wee bit? Like, even if carrying cross does, for some reason, pick up a loss, at least you have the appearance points of two folk to maybe balance that out. See, this
0: is, I think, this was one of the the unsung, you know, best plays of the draft itself, because Ryan picking up cross and Scarlett in his team is actually pretty damn clever because it means he gets the benefit of both of them appearing at the same time, which they often do. And and you're right, you know, Cross, you know, might not stand out as a first round pick on his own, but with Scarlett backing him up in round five, that is actually a pretty a pretty devastating combo right there. You know, Ryan could run rampant with the with NXT.
1: Yeah, I do think the team of it, some of its parts, he so has got Gargano as well. The team isn't going to win him it. I doubt, though, he'll finish last. I think there's enough there to get him a safe mid-table finish, which, for like you said, Jack, a guy who's never drafted before, first time a listeners' league competitor has had to draft singularly in this draft. I don't think it's a, a dreadful performance from Ryan. I'll just be interested to see where certain pieces fall for that. But this is, this is where I think I'm going to get myself in trouble. Because he's just left, like I said, he is Saturday Draft Life. I love Scott McLeod. <laughs> However, I need to be honest with my take here. I genuinely believe that this will be the last place team of the season. And he has a great name, the Doug Judy Appreciation Society. I, I think it's a great team name. Am I being harsh, Jack? Do you see bright spots in Scott's team here? Um,
2: I would say I see maybe one or two. And I would say again, it's his the last two round picks. I think Ember and Shots here understand taking them away from their tag team, but I think that was more tactical than them being a tag team himself because mm. Wuhan being so scarce with what was happening beforehand, the World Champions going, and they had to kind of monopolise the field in the way. There was so little left to take. The first three, I'm not I'm not sold on them being first round first three round picks. Thunder Rosa, I think, someone that's going to appear a lot on Dark Elevation and Dynamite, and I think what might happen with her. I know that, I think, is she in line for the NWA title, but I don't think that will get him
1: championship points. It won't be one of those things in it. It's quite controversial, but I don't think it will.
2: But Kyle O'Reilly, I think that's a very good round five pick. I think he's going to be kind of someone that NXT might be getting molded about, especially starting from
1: now, going on, but I, that's it's certainly not enough to carry this team. It's interesting because I remember sitting with Scott back in the early days of this show when we still were on the Patreon. That's how far back it was. <laughs> um, Criticising And I remember for drafting Volter. I can't even remember if it was round one. It might have even been round two. And we were saying it's a bit short-sighted to draft an NXT UK pack, considering there's no guarantee anyone appears on that show on a weekly basis. Now, what I will say is, Volter has shown that he is a cross-brand competitor, so he could get NXT UK and NXT proper appearances out of the man. Having said that, still don't think it's strong enough for round one. We will keep an eye on the team, Dave. I think his only saving grace could be if. Bailey pulls out the magic again, which she has so many times in this draft, mm-hmm. an all-time drafting great, the best female draft pick of all time. Uh, Two hundred forty-six points for Stephen in season five, which replicates this season. It was the last time there was a mania to SummerSlam season. That could be the linchpin of Scott's team here. Yeah, it's. Uh,
0: I think this is the the shining light of Scott's team at the minute because on paper it doesn't look that impressive and it's also mostly NXT and one AEW representative. So it's not a very diverse team when you look at it either. I mean, sure, Bailey might, you know, get some momentum back after having a pretty quiet season last season. But I think that's the only thing that's going to carry Scott's team forward. I mean, Ember and Shotzi, you know, they might get a few more matches out of the NXT women's tag team titles, but I don't see them holding it uh, as far as the transfer window, let alone SummerSlam.
1: I could see Xia T and Sha getting in there. I think Jack alluded to that before the draft, and I was very tempted to pick one of them because of that. Um, But like I said, it will be interesting to see what happens with Scott's team. We move on to his brother, Alan Loy... Alan... I can't even say this name, by the way. Alan Lorry Loyal. Alan Laurie Loyal. So that does not sit well with my mouth. Um, But Ross (laughs) McLeod, that is the name of his team. Dave, I need to come... And ask this, Ross McLeod, is he the Tony Pulis of the draft? Is he a man who just goes <laughs> with, he, he drafts your Peter Crouches, you know what I mean? He drafts your James Milners, he drafts your you know your whatever's the consistent Premier League performers. He drafts Charlotte Flair, he drafts Kevin Owens, he drafts New Day. People who have worked out in the past. Do mm-hmm. you think Ross McLeod is stuck in the past as a drafter?
0: I mean, it might be stuck in the past, but I don't see any reason why it shouldn't be. Because, as we've seen from history, these these selections have actually scored very, very well. And coming out of WrestleMania week, um, you know, maybe with the exception of Edge at the minute, at the minute, um, these picks have actually almost been injected with new life in a way. Like Charlotte Flair is back in the Raw women's title scene. Kevin Owens is, uh, you know, consistently one-upping Sami Zayn. But I think the one that could be the silent assassin for Ross's team is Kushida, who has mm-hmm. just won the Cruiserweight Championship. And, you know, I saw, I appreciate, you know, Kushida sort of fell flat for Scott and Stevens' team last time around failing to capture the North American title. But now that Kushida's finally earned the Cruiserweight Championship, this could be one that actually helps Ross out. And along with the consistent points getters of his, of his previous round picks, I don't know.
1: I think Ross might just surprise us all. Yeah, as a case, is he living in the past or is he going back to the future with Kashita? We will need to see ah. on that one. <laughs> thank you, I'm here all week. but Jack, we need to, I want to talk about Charlotte Flair. Charlotte has been one of the most up and down draft competitors of all time. She either scores very, very highly, picking out great performances for whoever drafts her, or we have a Ryan Gallagher situation where she doesn't show up. Or we have a situation like last season where she doesn't show up. Where Where's your prediction for Charlotte Flair this season? Is she going to be a strong round pick, a round one pick for Ross? Or is he going to suffer the curse of Charlotte Flair?
2: I don't think she will be the best round one pick, but I don't think she'll be the worst round one pick. I think it's it's one of the ones that if she didn't go then, she would be gone by the time it got to his turnaround to so I kind of understand why she had to go. Obviously, she did a promo, then she attacked Rhea and Asuka during the the women's title match on Raw, and it ended in a draw. Obviously, she's hoping to get inserted in that. Do I think they'll take the title off Rhea Ripley so soon? No, but I do think Charlotte's going to appear. So I think to that point, if a triple threat happens or whatnot, I think it's a good move. Past that point, who knows what's happening?
1: Yeah, I mean, it like new day Charlotte for her age. Kevin Owens because she does. Beth Phoenix is went a commentator as well after the hoopla uh, that happened on draft night. So, uh, uh, like I said, it's going to be an interesting one for Ross. I don't quite know how to call it because he has tradition on his side. He has the past on his side. Does he have this season on his side? And that's what's important. But we need to go to a team that is instantly classic. It is Christian Cage and classics drafted, of course, by Sarah Dreve, making her first singles return to the draft after being paired with Strack last season, she has learned from mistakes this girl was talking about how she wasn't I'm getting passionate here, I'm getting heated this is is the (laughs) moment people she was talking about how oh I'm just going to here have fun, I thought she was going to make ridiculous picks, I thought Hornswoggle was getting picked in round one the way she was talking, and Sarah comes up with what is for me the dark horse team of this entire draft. Omega and Callis, great pick. Christian Cage, draft debut on a hot run. The Bloody Dentist, fair enough. We'll get to her in a minute. Corey Graves, Frankie Murray, Bronson Reed. Dave, when you look at Sarah's team, what stands out to you here? What do you think about the instant classics?
0: The thing that stands out to me the most is Brett Baker. Like, you know, Sarah's been very vocal that Britt Baker is going to be the one to dethrone Hikaru Shida and become the new AEW women's champion. But you also have to remember, she also appears on Dark and Dark Elevation. So this could be an absolute steal of a pick, particularly within the quite a thinning women's division on AEW. But if I have to pick a flaw in Sarah's team, I think it's the same story as Scott's, it's very Wednesday night heavy, the one exception being the, the commentator cop-out with Corey Graves, but oh. it's, um, <laughs> on paper it actually doesn't look that bad, so it's kind of hard to call this one, but there's certainly a few gems in there.
1: I'm really excited about this one, Jack, because of its balance between risk and strategy Like there, there's logic, we talked about Page with you, you can't see Christian not going on a run you know, and that type of winning streak, Christian going on a run, Baker going on a run, Brunson Reed dominant right now, Frankie Monet just debuting. It seems like Jack, she has a team of the present, and that's what could get her wins and points in the draft. I think uh
2: for me, out of the bottom half, I think she's a hundred percent drafted the best, even though she said she wasn't gonna be taking this seriously, she was gonna have fun. By God, I think she's played an absolute blinder. Omega and Callis, I think that was that was such a one I just didn't expect. It. Once you saw Ashley MVP go, I kind of thought, right, somebody's going to take Reigns and Haven at some point, and that happened. But I just completely forgot that Kenny Omega and Callis could be one that just goes away as well. Yeah. And that, I think, just scuppered up a lot of plans for folk. I was hoping to get Callis about round five. Yeah. Obviously, I, I, I had to kind of shape things away from there. Christian Cage, as you said, new, new to the draft, but the thing that's on his side is he's going up against a Team Taz rivalry here, and they're, they're absolute dog water in creative and writing, so you're going <laughs> to be getting good things coming up there. Britt Baker, someone that's been wrestling in Dark Elevation a lot and building up that record. I think she has the best women's record in the AEW right now, so she's going to be mm-hmm. getting that, going for that title at some point. Corey Graves, new commentator in Raw, will be commentating on a pay-per-view, so have a week that could get our three points and whatnot, so it's like, it's, it's a consistent point. Maybe a bit too high up for round three, but Frankie Manet, I'm sorry to say Campbell's a good pick. I know that you are. I know it done, it's
1: a but... good pick. I know it's a good pick considering <laughs> I want
2: her. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's someone who's already kind of inserted herself right into that scene of Raquel Gonzalez. She may not be wrestling straight away, but she's going to be there or thereabouts. And I think for round four, that is a consistent points getter. I'd maybe have a bit of question mark over Bronson because I don't know where he's going to go. I think Dexter Loomis is the one to get the title mm-hmm. off Gargano. But He's going to be there or thereabouts, isn't he? When he's wrestling, you don't really see him losing.
1: Yeah, and speaking of um, <laughs> controversy, we've <laughs> uh, got Ryan Gallagher. Northmen, Southmen come Resolve thats the name of his team. Uh, he has Seamus, Apollo Crews, Indy Hartwell, Zoe Stark, Randy Orton. Dave, as his tag team, <laughs> he has Pretty Deadly. Now, I love oh, Ryan. Dear. Team with, with him last season, but... I think that shows the importance of making sure that you're listening and have a good internet connection on draft night.
0: If, you've, if you take any lesson from the draft selection show, it's pay attention because <laughs> this is the only blemish I have on Ryan's team and it is a pretty damn big one. Like, look at the teams you could have chosen from. The Street Profits, Ziggler and Rude, MSK, and he goes with Pretty Deadly. Like... Oh my gosh it's uh, it's it's the the induced share mistake all over again isn't it
1: I do have to say, he mailed me before it and he was like, oh my God, do you have a list of tag teams? I've forgotten about tag teams. And I was already busy. With, oh, what the hell came <laughs> out? But I was busy with the production by this point. You know what I mean? Um, we do have to look at the all-time tag scorers. There has never been an NXT UK tag team on that list. And I know the likes of Gallus have been drafted in the past, you know, so this maybe I think shows uh, uh, Grizzled like Young
0: kids. Vets were NXT UK when they were drafted and I think they got one point.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's that's what we're looking at here with Ryan. He's got to hope that maybe Pretty Deadly are a consistent act. Maybe they want to build them up in the NXT UK. Um, but, Jack, he's done something, I think, really, really special in round one and two. He's drafted both mid-card champions, which I do think both of these guys could go on a wee run. So that could be good pay-per-view appearance points for them there.
2: I think they two picks the only reason Ryan Gallagher is not going to finish last this season. Uh, I, I think for you, for you to say uh, David Hockney that, that that pretty deadly is the only bluish in his team. I think that's very very generous to Ryan Gallagher. I think the majority <laughs> of his team's been drafted absolutely shit. Wait, uh, pretty deadly? Pretty deadly. I think is uh, not. Uh, I, I don't want to talk about. It. I don't want to talk about pretty deadly. Indy Hartwell to be the first one to go the way to go in round three. Ah uh, no. No, it's a a no for me. I know she's going to go into that thing with Lewis, but I don't see her wrestling a lot. I think it'll be appearance points, but for round three, comparing up to what you've got against it, I don't think it's good. Zoe Stark as well. Round four, I get that you need to draft women in this to have the three-two split, but I don't think she's going to be. I know she's she said her interest in winning the women's title, but it's just not going to happen. Randy Orton's to be me going in this long extended break as well. I think I don't think I don't think it's been a smart drafting strategy here, apart for the two first picks of Sheamus and Apollo Crews, I think that's a blinder. I As I said, I think that's the only reason he's not going to finish last.
1: You've got to, you do have to acknowledge it, and I know we praised Sarah there before, but Ryan, I think, does feel less pressure because he won last season. Also, drafting from that position is difficult. You know, 2nd last is difficult, as we all know, to draft from that area in the pack. And sometimes you do make those decisions that maybe, because your plan is constantly changing, you're needing to think on the spot a lot more than people who are, say, drafting higher up it can be a bit more of a pressure situation. I think maybe that's what's happened with Indy. I'll defend it because there are people who've talked about getting appearance points. If she's going to be in a story heavy angle, that could help with that. Zoe Stark, I tend to agree with you, Jack, but there does seem to be this funny little uprising that they want to give her a push, but not really. We need to see where it lands with that. And like you said, Randy Orton meant to be going in this break. But we will need to see where that lands. Question marks for the last three Tag team, not so good. But I do think, like you say, Jack, Sheamus and Apollo will be the thing that elevates them up the card. Now, I'm going to let you guys take the reins for a bit uh, because now we have come to the return to the draft of Team GOAT. I drafted last. My team is there for both of you to look at. Dave, what do you have to say on Team GOAT?
0: Uh, well, to be honest, some of your picks in at certain points... I mean, only Team Goat could get away with doing that. I mean, who, who in their right mind would choose Adam Pierce as a round
2: one draft pick?
1: What are you talking about?
2: Yeah, I uh, I've got. To, I've got. To maybe argue that point there that with the success of Adam Pierce last season, he was going to go, and Campbell wanted to make sure that he wasn't going to go anywhere else other than Team Goat, so he had to take him first round. I think that's it's it's sound thinking. I think may may not be. I don't know. Like obviously, he might, I think he has point people on his team that will score more points than Adam Pearce. But I, I, I fully understand why he had to go round
1: one for Campbell. Listen, mm. I said this on the draft show. He was the twelfth highest scorer last season. If the captaincy had been on Pearce, it would have been the third highest scorer last season ahead of Bobby Lashley, the WWE champion. So you can question round one all you want, but if you're telling me that I'm drafting from tenth. And I could have the third highest scorer for a season on my team. I'm going to take that opportunity. I'm going to take that chance. And you've got to look. I've got two people who broke the top twelve last season on my team in Ring One or Two. Big E scored fifty four points. I understand that he doesn't have the title now, but I do think there's still big things in the air for him. You know, mm-hmm. so I do have to hit back, Dave, on that Adam Pierce point.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I've got no, no, no qualms about Big E. You know, Big E is a. We did very well for Scott in season seven as a round two pick, uh, 63.5 points there. So a very reliable sort of round two pick on that front. FTR, no complaints about that either. You know, they've also been a very uh, consistent tag team. But Jack, I think it's time to address uh, the big man-sized <laughs> elephant in the room that with red hair that is Becky Lynch. Now, Becky Lynch has obviously been teasing about appearing possibly at WrestleMania weekend, but lo and behold, she doesn't show up, and there's, no been, there's not been any further indication that she might return anytime soon. She might return before Summerslam, but go. I want to ask you, what made you so confident? as to take this gamble as the very last pick of the season nine selection?
1: Shits and giggles, uh, headline. <laughs> um, you know, what, I was going to pick Xia Li. What a boring way to end the draft on. Like I said, I'm drafting from last. I need to take a big hit if I have any chance of winning. And if Becky Lynch even has the smallest chance, I sound like Ben Affleck's Batman at this point. If, if there's I, even a 1% chance that Becky Lynch showed up, you better make sure that I'm going to take it. You know, that is that is what I'm looking at here. She's a main event player. If she was, if she features, you've got to believe. If people knew she was featuring, she would have been rounds one or two. If I can take her as the very last pick of the draft, and somehow it pulls off, I don't think that's a bad thing.
2: i you've got to. You got to look as well. Uh, I, I think when when this when, when I, I think when the rule got introduced that if you win the season, you draft from last position. That's what happened to me. I mean, I won. And I had to draft from twelve because it was twelve four, probably two were in purgatory, and. I had a draft from twelfth. You know, you just know you're not gonna win. Obviously, this last that season with the transfer window coming into play, but Campbell was in that position where you can take the kind of Hail Marys and just see what happens. And if if Becky Lynch works out, then, then great. But as, as always, you go for the shits and giggles. I, I drafted Lana first round in the hope because she was in this kind of asker thing, but for some reason they took her out and she appeared in the Royal Rumble again. But you see, you see when you're taking these Hail Marys, it can be like strokes of greatness. And what happened with me with that was I took Paul Heyman yeah. round five of last season. And fair of I didn't win, but he got himself into that top position of like round five picks. I think he's like somewhere a legendary uh, round five pick, honestly. Yeah. He he he's he finds himself like up near yep. the top of round five. He's got 38 points in season seven for me. And that's one, two, three, four, seven, three, seventh, seventh position in the top round five picks. And that's just taking Hail Mary's. Yeah. The same could happen for, for Campbell here. Yes, I've got I've got no qualms for a guy let's let's last position
1: and just try to take big swings. Yeah, totally. And I do have to defend as well. My big swing came with a Velvet. I know she lost to Jade Cardell, I do think though that there are big things in her future. I think that the brass at EW look kindly in her. And that's a dark elevation pick. Make no lies about that. I'm hoping they'll build her back up on that show. My big question mark is Zane. Zane, I was going to take Darby Allen. Um but I went with Zane ahead of Darby because I do genuinely believe that they will reward Zane with his for his work with a money in the bank win. So mm. we'll no, see. now that
0: you've said now that you've said Darby Allen, uh, he is defending the TNT
1: title against Jungle Boy this coming week. Yeah, I know, I know. And maybe maybe in an maybe if I was drafting fifth, I'd take Darby Allen. You know what I mean? Because I know I can get stronger picks in the next two rounds, but I knew that I was going to be picking at scraps, so I knew I had to go for the big swing, you know? So, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We will ask the question, though, before we leave today. Jack, can you tell me who you think, apart from yourself, is going to win the season, and who you think is going to finish last?
2: Uh, I know, I know, I come across as quite a big-headed guy, so I generally do think I have one of the the best teams in this, Mm -hmm. but Without, without me in the picture, if I had to say one person to win it, I'm going with Team Viscera. Okay. I think Gary's, Gary's the man for me to do this. And I think last, it's, it's going to be Scott or Ryan Gallagher.
1: Okay, Dave, what about you?
0: Yeah, I'm sort of in the same mindset as Jack. I'm, I, looked at Ro- I look at Ross's team on paper, and I think, you know, maybe there's a, some strokes of genius there. But in terms of this season, I'm also going to say Team Viscera, Gary's team. Wow! And to come last, Scott's team.
1: Intra- I'm not going to say Team Vistora because I've said it basically every season and he's not won. So I don't think Gary Wadsma, Jinx, Voodoo, Magic, mm-hmm. uh, ruining yet another season for him. Um, I will go to win. I'm going to go Jack to win the season. Looking at it, I think Seda is an outside bet, like I've said, but I'll go with Jack. And I do have to say, I think Scott will finish last unless he has a badass transfer window so we will see we'll see how it works out it's been absolutely fantastic talking the kick-off to season nine with both of you this morning um, it's been a great time Jack pleasure as always oh, no no the pleasure the pleasure is mine it's even more so a pleasure now you think
2: that I'm going to win so you know you're a good guy <laughs> <in my book.
1: laughs> and Dave, Dave have a nice weekend what's your plans uh, well, I'm going to retreat to
0: my West End Country Club and fill out and write you a, a strongly worded letter for not backing uh, the West End Country Club to win. So you, you, you'll, you'll, be, you'll, be, you'll, be, you'll be served.
1: You'll be served with a two-week ban, despite your Glasgow Uni accent. Wow. Okay. Well, well, I go and chase Dave down to kill him. Uh, listen to Saturday fast <laughs> Live next week. We'll see you then, boys. Bye. Hi, I'm Scott McLeod. And I'm Grant McGrobbie. We are the hosts of the monthly show on East Seek's Plates Retreat, East
2: Meets West. Where we'll bring you all the latest happenings, reviews and big events from New Japan and the land of the Far East. You can remember to check it out on the East Seek's Plates Retreat podcast feed on all good Android podcasting sites like Anchor, Spotify or iTunes Now. Sports Social Podcast Network.